The Cover Season podcast was born from the false perception that millennials don't believe in marriage. This is your boy Ron, and I serve as one of your hosts. And this is Ebony. I also serve as one of your hosts. Together, we will share stories and advice about our own quest to find love and ultimately each other. We'll discuss the challenges that millennials face in dating to find love or just dating to date in hopes that you, our listeners, can apply what is relevant to your own lives. And in the process, we hope to make you laugh, we hope to make you feel optimistic, and ultimately to find more ways to love yourself, love others, and love the one you're meant to be with. Some say that cuffing season is relegated to cold temperatures, but we hope to make every day a good day to cuff, baby. What's up, Cuffin' Season fam? Hey, hey. It is episode, is it six? Episode six? This is seven. Seven. Dang, we are really moving along. Uh, This is episode seven. And um, we, as always, are very grateful for those of you who have stuck with us from the beginning. And if you're new to Cuffin' Season, welcome. Welcome. Uh, You are truly in for a treat. Um, Today's topic is... How to unblock your blessings, Um, because we all have blessings, and a lot of times, we are the only ones standing in between us and it. Uh, But before we get to that, uh, we've been getting a lot of questions from a lot of our listeners uh, through our social media and email about our wedding planning. Um, As many of you know, Ebony and I are engaged, and we are getting married next August, and that has just spurred so many questions about the process. And thinking back on it, before I got engaged, I didn't really know what went into a wedding either. So, uh, I mean, did you? No, I mean, besides the the you know standard, like you know, you go to a wedding, you buy the dress, your right. family comes, just the basic stuff like that. But what actually goes into it? No. Yeah, so I can understand why um, we're getting so many questions. So um, we won't get into every detail. I'm thinking maybe we'll be able to share bits and pieces of what we're working on with each episode. But, um, you know, today we do have some exciting updates that we can share with you. Uh, I think Ebony probably has the most exciting update out of the two of us. So. Yeah. Well, the, the little update I do have, because my <laughs> friends get on me so much about wedding planning because they, they really think have. that I'm not doing enough, but I think <laughs> I'm doing just fine. I think you're doing fine, too. Your bridesmaids yeah. be tripping. <laughs> oh, just playing. I love y'all. <laughs> but um, as far as, um, well, I guess the, the biggest update I have for mine is I finally found my dress. Um, the first one, <laughs> no, Ron's clapping. He, he's, he's ask me to just just give me a hint just give me a hint what does it look like just give me one little i'm like no you won't see it until the day of i mean it's like i want to be surprised when i see you for the first time at the wedding but at the same time like the suspense is killing left out he feels everyone's seen it yeah because she sent the picture to her her bridesmaids her sisters was there her mom saw it and i feel like i'm the only one being (laughs) left out and we're supposed to share everything with each other except this babe except this um, but yeah, so the um, I actually wasn't uh, sure if it was normal because the first dress I tried on, I, I loved and I bought it. Uh, I, of course, tried on 10, 15 others, but I went back to the first dress and it, it was just it was just a crazy feeling to know like, like 
Yeah. You know, I found it. I remember when I got that text message, she sent me a picture holding a little, I said yes to the dress sign. I was like, damn, this was the first um, dress shop you went to. You found it already. But not only that, she told me it was the very first one she tried on. And she said she came out and her mom and sisters were there and they were all crying. Yes, my mom did. She she cried. We were like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And, you know, it made me shed a thug tear from the other end of the phone because, you know, now I'm, like, imagining how she may look. And even seeing her holding that sign really brought out a lot of emotion. So it it has me very excited. For Uh, some reason, it feels more real. Like, when when you put the dress on, you're like, oh, shoot, this is happening. Yeah, just trying it it on. Yeah, I just felt like, like, whoa. (laughs) Like, you know, talking about it, planning it, getting to see the dates here and there. It's just like, okay, we're going with emotions. But... Actually, getting into that dress is like, I'm getting married next year. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, for me, so I haven't um, I haven't decided on a tux yet. And that's partly because um, I think we're still trying to nail down some colors. Um, <laughs> and that ain't really in my uh, purview. It's not in mine either, but it has to be. <laughs> I've been struggling with the color. I've been struggling with the bridesmaids' dresses. So yeah. if anybody has any recommendations, please feel free to DM me, um, you know, places to look for them. Right. Uh, yeah, because it's a struggle. Yeah, and once she gives me the color, then I guess I'll be able <laughs> to um, start thinking about a tux and my groomsmen suits. But, you know, I'm really interested in getting them custom made. So if there are any tailors who listen to this podcast, hit your boy up. Um, I'm looking to get a tux for me and my eight groomsmen. Um, and while we're on the subject, uh, one one thing that came up a lot when we first got engaged, and I've heard this from other engaged and married couples, is how did you select your bridesmaids and groomsmen? Um, when we, you know, when you're single, you always have some idea and a lot of times you're sure oh so-and-so is gonna be my best man so-and-so is gonna be my groomsman and when you get married or excuse me when you get engaged you know i was uh was i 29 when i proposed yeah at 29 a lot of things had just changed you know people who i thought would be in my life at 29 were not there and people Mm -hmm. who thought that um we were in a place or we were still close enough for them to be you know considered um, to be a groomsman, I, you know, there were some people that I think the relationship had just, you know, grown apart. So, um, and I think Ebony may be able to be able to relate, you know, from a, yeah. you know, a, a bride's perspective. So, I mean, what was your, um, what was your, your process for determining how many bridesmaids you've have and, you know, who would be in the bridal party? Well, for me, it was, it was fairly easy because, I mean, I have, you know, I had two sisters, right. so there, there's, there's, there's two, two right there. <laughs> right. Um, and then it was mostly people I've grown up with forever and like who've been consistent, who've been around for years. Like okay. two of them I've known over 20 years. What am I, 29 now? So yeah, over yeah. 20, probably 23 years. Like we've been friends forever. And um, a couple of the other ones I've known since middle school or high school. So it's been just like like family friends basically yeah. so it, it wasn't it wasn't very hard for me um you know to to figure out who was going to be my bride you know my, my bridal party yeah you know it was um it was a little maybe you, you make it sound so easy uh, 
I think it was a little harder for me. So, I mean, I have a younger brother, and so there's one. <laughs> and I knew that, um, you know, he would step into a best man role because, you know, he's blood, he's my younger brother, mm-hmm. and he'd probably want to fight me if he wasn't. Um, <laughs> but then, um, so in Ebony chose eight bridesmaids. So here I am. I got seven more guys to go. Uh, so then I started thinking about people that been, you know, have been rocking with me my entire life. I, I immediately started thinking about my childhood and people that have been around. And you know, the first person that came to mind was my cousin, um, who you know we grew up together in diapers. And but beyond that, we never lost touch. We were extremely close in high school. Um, we went to do two different colleges. I went to FAMU in Tallahassee. He went to play football at Clemson. We still never lost touch. You know, I watched every last one of his football games on Saturday. We would constantly call each other back and forth, checking in on one another. Um, he was the first person to come in town for my graduation. When I moved to D.C., he came to visit me several times. He texted me every morning. Uh, he has a prayer group circle. Um, and there's like six or seven guys that get on there at 8 a.m. to pray. And, uh, you know, that text message, it just never stops coming in. And, you know, when I got engaged, he was like, well, actually, when I told him I was planning on proposing, he came in town to help me plan the proposal. Um, so he became a next obvious choice outside of the blood. He's just someone that had always been there. And then. You know, of course, I had some guys from uh, FAMU that, and, and I, I knew a lot of people at FAMU, and I would also say I probably had a, a, a large number of friends at FAMU, but there were a few that stood out because the relationship has sort of withstood the test of time. You know, here we are, um, what, nine years removed from undergrad, and we're still very close. And then, you know, I've met some friends post-undergrad that, um, you know, have been like brothers to me. And that brought me to seven. <laughs> so here I was. I was still one short. And then uh, the next logical thing was, well, you know, Ebony has a, a younger brother. Um, he, he can't be a, a bridesmaid. So um, it would make sense to bring him over as a groomsman. And, you know, that was our process. And I think, you know, we feel very confident in, um, you know, in our choice. So um, I don't know if anyone else listening is going through that right now but hopefully um you know you'll find some value in how we went about it yeah then uh the next thing was location 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 that was that was probably the hardest part in the yeah, beginning that was. is stressful yeah what was, what was what would you say was the most stressful part about it First is, do we want to? What state do we want to have it in? Do we want to have it where we live now, or do we want to have mm-hmm. it in California, where I'm from, or Florida, where you're from? Right. Um, you know, typically they say have it where the bride's from. Right. Um, but being here, like us being in D.C., I'll say um, it's very hard to find a location because we're we can't just go check it out. You know, next yeah. weekend or or. you know the next day or something it's just really hard to go check it out and my mom and stuff there and my dad they're in california still but to you know to send her and have her checking out a whole bunch of sending me videos it it just didn't it was hard i was just like you know what because she was trying to help you know she was visiting all these venues out in la and you know sending us you know videos and um you know the little packages or whatever but it was still hard to really get a 
a, a good understanding yeah. of what the venue was like, right? And then the prices, I'm like, I'm paying oh, man, fifteen thousand just for the room. Yeah. Like just to hold the venue. Like, yeah. like nothing's inside of it yet. Oh, fifteen thousand was low end. Some of yeah, them were like thirty. Yeah. Thirty grand and above. And I'm talking I we're having at least a hundred and well, if yeah. if it was in the States it, it, it may have been a hundred and Fifty or so. I think we had a guest list of over two fifty when we did. when we were uh, considering having a, a wedding. In, <laughs> it yeah, sick. it was sick. <laughs> when we were considering having our wedding uh, in California or Florida, for that matter. Um, the the guest list was over two fifty. So you know, me being from Florida, it being a, a southern state. I mean, it's a retirement state. It's a very uh, cost efficient state so I'm thinking you know it probably makes more sense to get married in Florida I'm sure it's going to be cheaper and I was down with Florida it's sunny it's beautiful I yeah. love it he's from there you know yeah and I, you know I grew up in the nation's oldest city St. Augustine so you know there's just a lot of beautiful places to get married there right so I'm thinking oh, I'm gonna get something for the low you know every venue I reached out to uh 15 to 20 grand just for the space and then you know, the thing that meant the most to Ebony and me was ensuring we had a good premium open bar. Yes. So when you start... <laughs> you really care about, okay? <laughs> when you start getting into uh, those bar packages and multiplying it by the number of guests we had, because if it's, the thing is, if our wedding was going to be in Florida, then I didn't really have just cause for not inviting every last one of my cousins. <laughs> People I didn't even talk to, but, you know, yes. my mom said, well, you know, you got to invite them because so-and-so was there for your second birthday party. So-and-so yeah. babysat you when, you know, I was working the late shift. You know, yeah. so, I mean, <laughs> the, the the guest list was just ballooning off of the strength of, you know, we were in close proximity to our families. Yeah. And then... Well, and, and the place that I really liked... Like four of your cousins already got married there, oh and I was God, like, yeah. that, so, "That's just not." There's one place in St. Augustine that's beautiful. It actually is very reasonable. But uh, I've been to four, like three or four weddings there last year, and, and I'm we have going, one next year. And I got one next year. My <laughs> uncle decided he get married there next year too. So I couldn't be number five, man. I just couldn't <laughs> off GP. Uh, so then I think wasn't it one of your friends that tipped us on the destination? A destination. They 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 randomly were over when I lived with my old roommate. They came over and. Um, they're actually her, they're her friends. But anyways, um, they're like they had got married too, and they were they were showing me videos of destination, and then she like she sent me the the pricing of it, yeah. and everything. Like, girl, you know you should really consider this. So I started researching and looking into it, and I was like, oh, I'm sold. Like it's it's just so much better. It's yeah. for your money. Um, the price of people would come. You know, pay to come to California and get a hotel or a rental car just yeah. for and, and the flight just for two days or yeah. three days, and it's not even all inclusive. You know, yeah. for our wedding, it's going to be in Mexico, um, and it's all inclusive. You know, yeah. people can stay for three, four, five, however long they want to stay, and it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, we decided on a, a resort in Cancun. I don't yeah. even remember how we found it, but. The price is so reasonable. We yeah. went through a um, a travel agency who they made a deal with us. They said if you can book X number of rooms, then your wedding will be free. And we're looking at our guest list and we're like, oh, that's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. So we met our room quota very early on. So, bomb, our wedding's free, right? Now, the only thing we got to pay is like, you know, $6, you know, per chair. And um, the photography. And, and the photography, whatever. And, um... 
And then on top of that, they gave us like $4,000 in resort credit. So, you know, your boy going to be taking mud baths, getting massages, <laughs> oh, you know, gosh, getting them crazy. toes fixed and all that. Um, so, our, you know, whereas, you know, I've had friends who have spent upwards of 30 to 40 grand um, for weddings. And I actually know a lot of people. And I know some people that have spent over 100. I mean, me and Ebony went to a wedding, um, you know. We went to a number of weddings, actually, over the last couple of years that have just been, you know, well outside of our budget. Um, but it turns out that our wedding in Mexico is yeah, we probably we probably could pay for it ourselves, yeah. you know, and, and it still be, you know, a whole lot of fun. So um, that's our wedding update. And we'll try to give you another one. Oh, wait, I just want to oh, say if you do destination wedding, the first thing you need to do is just make sure the people who you really want to be there like your mother, father, grandfather, I don't know who, like, has a passport and can travel because you Ooh. you don't want to set it and then realize, like, oh, you can travel or you don't want to travel or you can't. Like, it's just make sure that the, the main, you know, family members who you need to be there, you just, you just can't imagine your wedding without them there, can travel. Yeah, that's true. Because I got, uh, I do have a couple key people that cannot travel due to passport issues and they unfortunately will not be able to be there and it's sad but um and we didn't realize this to the until we already said it and we yeah. were like oh wait no <laughs> and you know and i can't say that would have changed anything anyway because we're not going to take on like an extra twenty five thousand dollar bill just so two people can come yeah. but um you know it's still like ebony said just make sure you you know run it by those who are close to you so mm-hmm. uh that's our wedding update So welcome back. Um, we've been receiving a lot of questions uh, through our Instagram page. Folks have been DMing us and emailing us too because our email is attached to our Instagram, right? Up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, people reach out with, I guess, their own personal uh, stories. stories. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, some of them are very elaborate, um, and there have actually been a lot of people who reach out consistently, so much so to the point that, you know, it's almost like you know, we're counseling them because, you know, we've been helping some people like work through some really intricate problems. So uh, some of the questions are so good that we thought it would be worthwhile to start sharing them on the podcast. And of course, we will keep, you know, them anonymous and not mention names. Um, But we want to uh, start sharing them because I think that there are, you know, some of our listeners could benefit from some of the answers. And if you have questions, we encourage you to reach out. We respond. Um, So, you know, Ebony has the questions. I do. So the first question is around the theme dating and practicing abstinence. So this woman reached out. Um, She's been celibate and dating for four years and says it hasn't been easy. And her question was, what is your advice on waiting until marriage to become intimate? You know, celibacy is never easy. I think that anyone has tried it can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried it. Um, I've um, we, we, we read books together yeah. um, about celibacy. We've mentioned, you know, reading The Weight by Devon Franklin and Megan Good. So good. It's, um, it's a very difficult thing to do. Well, I'll start at the top by acknowledging that. But I think that... Um, it can be a very rewarding thing to do because sex, um, and you can you can look at it from a number of ways. So I mean, you can look at it biblically, right? And you know, 
uh, people will say that, uh, you know, the Bible says sex should, uh, you know, it's intended for married people. And um, I, th- that was something I was always curious about growing up because I wanted to know why. You know, my hormones are raging now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in love with this woman now. And a lot of times, you know, the, the woman feel the same way. Um, but, you know, beyond, um, I guess, the Bible, the biblical mm-hmm. teaching of it, I think there are some practical benefits of waiting until marriage. And they are, um, it, it gives you clarity. Because sex can really cloud your judgment. It can really take away your ability to think um, cohesively, uh, strategically about um, the relationship that you're in. It can a lot of times make you think you like somebody more than you really do. Absolutely. Especially if the sex is good. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody's putting it down, then um, that may cause you to look past the fact that they've been jobless for three months and not really searching. Yeah. You or, become attached and you don't even yeah. know why, but it's because of the sex. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, because sex, I mean, spiritually, you create yeah. a soul tie with a person. Like, when you when you join, you know, <laughs> start exchanging bodily fluids yeah. and you, you know, you enter a woman or vice, yeah. vice versa, like, you become one with that person, so you take on all of their emotions, you take on yes. all their baggage, good and bad. Like what? What's their mom's name? What's the, what's their middle name? What's their right. favorite color? Do you know any of Do that? You know any Are you of attached that? just because of the physical? Right, right. And then you know, beyond that, it's like uh, you know, you take on their bodies too. So you don't know how many bodies they've had and how many bodies their bodies have had. So yeah. um, I mean, there are obviously health risks with uh, you know being sexually active. Now, I'll bring it back to reality because I think the overwhelming majority of people are sexually active. I think that um, I think that if you're going to do it, I think you just have to be smart about it. And, I, and um, I think that if you're really into a person and you want to see where a relationship goes, I think that you can't build a foundation on sex. I think that you have to build it on uh, character traits, um, common values and common beliefs. And, you know, if you really like that person, they really like you, then, um, you know, sex should be the icing on the cake. It shouldn't be the cake. So, I mean, what do you think, Ebony? No, I think it's the same thing. And as far as like dating, you know, because her, mm-hmm. her question was more so dating, um, you know, you don't have to mention your celibate on the first date. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and, and if, if they even ask you that, like, about your sex life on the first date, you probably should run. Right. You know, um, I think that... Um, I mean, unless you enter that, you know, because yeah. some people are only in it for the sex. And, and you know, and if that's what you want, then that's then, fine. That's, then that's fine. Want. And do what yeah. you do. If, if two people just want sex and just, go, you know, do it. But Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I think it's natural to, to be attracted to the other person, like wonder, like, ooh, they look good. I wonder what it's like, you know. But if you're, if you're serious about your celibacy and waiting, then I think, um, you know, down the line, you guys can have that discussion once, you know, once you become intimate and say, okay, you know, I'm not ready to take it that, you know, take it there yet. And if, and if they're not okay with that, then you need to be like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, you're a great person, but we're, we're just not meant to be because the right person will wait for you. Straight up. Um, and, you know, coming from a, a man's perspective, I, I, I couldn't agree anymore with Ebony's last statement because, um, you know, I, I've been in situations and I've known people that have dated women um, who 
were celibate and you know they just made a decision early on that you know what this isn't going to work i need sex mm-hmm. i also know i mean the the inverse of that one of my best friends um who was one of the most popular people at famu um all of my girlfriends liked him before <laughs> before I met them. Um, but he, I think junior year, he gave his life over to Christ, and he's been celibate ever since. I think going, I think it must be going on at least twelve years now. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's been a very difficult ride for him. And uh, you know, every time he meets a woman, you know, there have been certain cases where you know the fact that he's on the road to celibacy has turned you know people off. But you know what? It saved him the time because. He, he made a commitment to God and, you know, when you make a, and if you're doing it, you also got to know why you're doing it. So if you're doing it, um, you know, as a commitment or a sacrifice for God, a lot of times he'll protect you from people and things that will waste your time. And um, hey, say that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> just be real clear on why you're doing it. Um, so, yeah. All right. So. For our second question, um, the theme was hoeing (laughs) right after a breakup. And so this woman wrote in, um, she was dating a man who ended things abruptly with her once. And and he told her that, you know, their short time, the short time that they were together meant nothing to him because he's lived long enough to move past it easily, whatever the hell that means. Hmm. And they ended up getting back together, you know, sometime after that. And a year later, they broke up again, which led to this question. Why would someone I was in a relationship with for a year and a half immediately go back to his hoeing ways once I moved out within a matter of days? Because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, You can't sit up here and think that... um, you know, just because, you know, you've spent a certain number of time that, you know, they're going to spare your feelings um, and, I don't know, have a three-month grace period before they talk or deal with someone else after a breakup. That's just not the way but the world works. Also, if if, if it's immediate, with, within a few days, mm-hmm. then... He was doing it before. There, there's. There. Well, that was the other thing I was thinking. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. Um, it's true. It's true. Yeah, because a lot of people um, will get out of a relationship just so that they can do that. You yeah. know, um, like I think these girls have been like lurking around. They they've yeah. been around. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I I think that you know if that happens to you, I, I wouldn't ha- you. You should never. Um, spend too much time harping on things you can't control mm-hmm. right um because that will leave you in a what i like to call a eternal sunken place like um because people will con- you know constantly disappoint you mm-hmm. and um especially like people who haven't committed to you you know so and what I mean by that is, a, you know, a boyfriend is just that. He's a friend who's a boy. Ain't no real commitment there. Um, so if they break up with you, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, you can you, you, you can't ex- you definitely can't expect any commitment after they've like, you know, broken a, a relationship off. So I think that um, take less stock in the things that people, um, you know, say or do to you um, when they haven't really committed to you. Um, and it's unfortunate when that happens. Yeah. But um, I just think it's all too typical. 
and you know I've seen it so many times and I, I you know and I, I don't think that um, there was part of the statement that you read that I don't think was necessarily true I think you said he said that um, you know because I oh he's he's lived long enough to move past it easily yeah yeah, you know, I mean, that's... Um, I, don't, I don't care if I'm 60. If I'm in love with somebody yeah. and we break up, you know, just because I'm older than me, I can get over it faster. Not not at all. Yeah. I mean, if you really care about somebody, you know, s- s- verbalizing, you know, hey, I want to break up, that does, like, because feelings don't work that way. You yeah. can't just, like, turn your feelings off and on like that for someone you truly care about. So, you know, based upon the story that this woman told, I'm led to believe that... He probably didn't feel, you know, for her the things that she felt for him. And I think she may have dodged a bullet, especially seeing as though they had broke up once before. Yeah, and he did it abruptly. Yeah. And so, you know, when that happens, man, there's usually, you know, little regard for how you feel. And, you know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. He showed her once. Actions. Actions over words. And then he showed her again. Mm-hmm. You know, my only prayer is that there isn't a third time. Yeah. So, um, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll share more questions um, as the episodes progress. But we kind of want to, you know, take the time to get into the topic. How to unblock your blessings all right after this short break. Welcome back. So now we're going to get into our, our main topic, which is unblocking your blessings. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to start this off by asking, what do you really want? And the reason I ask this is because when I um, went to therapy, you know, I, I was struggling with, you know, just pleasing other people and not um, not really being in tune with what I really wanted. And so my therapist, you know, he would say, what do you want? And I would start rambling off about like, oh, well, he this and he that. He's like, he would stop me. He would say, no, what do you want? And I would start talking again and he would cut me off. No, what do you want? And it, it, it forced me to be like, okay, Ebony. Like, what do you really want? Like, don't think about what he wants or what he wants or what that person wants. Like, what do you want? Um, and so that that just really helped me, like, get my life together. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think a lot of us have, have been, you know, in that situation. One of my best friends, she's such a... And she will refer to herself as a people pleaser. Yeah. You know, she constantly goes out of her way to make other people happy. Um, she bends herself over backwards all day every day um you know to her own expense you know running herself ragged for other people and even in relationships um you know she had always i guess revolved her i mean she she used to tell me that she would um you know her days would revolve around you know just ensuring her partner was happy um and over the you know over the years you know i'm and i'm thinking about all the relationships you know i've seen her in you know, from high school until now, um, her partners were usually happy, but she always wasn't. And I think it was a lot of times because she was focusing on them and not her. And, um, you know, I think a major key to unblocking your blessings is knowing that it is okay to decide what you want. I think the first thing you have to do to unblock your blessings is is to decide what you really want, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's very draining because, you know, for me, I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have a family. I, 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 I 
I had this vision of what I wanted, but it just it just wasn't my reality. Mm-hmm. And you know, people people will often tell you, which which kind of you know, which makes you get stuck in some, sometimes in situations because, oh, you guys look so perfect together. Oh, power couple. Oh, you have beautiful babies. Oh, just like you know, social media, like you just yeah. look perfect together. And and I think that starts to a lot of times that starts to like you know have an effect on you because yeah. you start to feel like. I have to stay in this because we do look perfect together. We are bagels, but it, yeah. but the reality of it is, is like you're unhappy. Y'all are both you know miserable together, but you're trying to keep up and like work it out, even though you should split a long time ago. But but you know your family's like, oh, I I like him, I like her. You know, I think that um really really takes a toll. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. It's like um, you know, I'll equate it to you know. To give a visual, it's almost like, you know, there's a couple riding in a car and they're arguing and not getting along or they're barely talking to each other. They, you know, their feelings for each other are just not really that strong, but they're driving to a photo shoot Mm -hmm. and they're dressed really nice and they show up and the camera's loving them. They're looking extremely good. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then they post it on Instagram and they got... Uh, you know, a, a, a really twenty thousand likes, great yeah. caption, like great oh, caption, amazing. But meanwhile, yeah, <laughs> and now the couple, you know, they're getting back in the car and they're looking at the response they're getting to their photo. Like, wow, you know, people love us together, mm-hmm. and I think that can trick people into staying in things longer than they should because they feel like they have to put on. Uh, you know, for the public to yeah. keep up that public perception of what they perceive to be bagels or relationship goals. Like the movie Girls Trip. Um, oh, yeah. It's a perfect example of yeah. how, you know, that whole book deal and the perfect couple and this and yeah. that. And, you know, she was, they were miserable. You know, he yeah. was cheating on her yeah. and just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what was the book called? You Can Have It All or something Oh, yeah, like that? You Can Have It All. That. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, man, and I think that you can have a lot of what you want Um if you decide to keep it real with yourself and you know yeah. the first thing to doing that is not worrying about um the public's perception in in what you're doing because the other thing is you know once you step into who you really are and you know you can be an authentic version of yourself publicly. That's when the public really like you anyway. That's why people like Cardi B. Exactly. She's herself. She's herself. She's so, she keeps it so, you know, mm-hmm. 100. Um, you can like her. You can not like her. But she does not care. Right. Right. <laughs> and I think we all got to have a little bit of Cardi B in us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Everybody got to embrace that inner Barty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but speaking to the, the truth, even though it was a movie, it's, it, it happens all the time. You know, once she actually made that big speech at the end, yeah. you know, people were cheering and clapping and she felt so much better. And her friends were crying because right. they were proud of her. You know, she got a like, bigger was, deal too, she right? She got a bigger deal. And then she yes. and then she cut and then she cut to do it out our life and then he got like he, <laughs> he didn't get a percentage. I think he didn't get any money off anything. of it. And she um, got, and, and then she had it all. You really can have it all exactly. if you keep it, you know, keep, keep it real. real. Cuz the other ended up with the other guy. Yeah. And he was amazing for her. Oh yeah, Lorenz Taylor, right? <laughs> yes. Then, this is a prime example of just keeping it real. What do you really want? Yeah, so um if you find yourself in a situation where um you know, you, you, you know within your heart of hearts and you feel in your gut that you're just not happy and you know you can't be happy long term, don't let, you know, how your friends or, you know, the public or your family dictate uh, how long you stay in something that is toxic or just isn't healthy for you. Um, like another thing that can hold people back from time to time is like feeling like 
you're owed something. Yeah. So you stay behind trying to collect. Yeah, you you you're with somebody for two, three, four. I don't know how many years you're with them, um, and you put so much time and so much work in. You guys, you know, grow together at you know, um, and then you just feel like whatever happens that's good to this person, I deserve this too because I put that work in. You oh, know, um, I think a lot of us struggle with seeing someone else that you've been with. You know, just being happy with somebody else maybe yeah um and that's honestly not real love that's kind of like you feel like um you own that person if you if you like that that, that that's my person like yeah. nobody else can have them because that's mine like that's yeah. not love yeah it's not and uh in the first thing when you first started talking about this i kept hearing like rick ross over and over <laughs> in uh in the back of my mind like you weren't with me shooting in the gym no it's true or was that Drake? Oh, that was... It was one of them. I don't know. <laughs> We're it, clearly not um, rap enthusiasts. Hey, I'm definitely not a rap enthusiast, but <laughs> I think the, the, the concept makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, um, Kobe's wife was suing them for, what, $150 million at the time? crazy. I think it was $150 million, which I think is extremely unreasonable. <laughs> and, um, you know, they were saying, uh, you know, because like you wasn't the one in there shooting all them threes yeah, or, or, or dunking, like... <laughs> Um, you know, what makes you think you're entitled to 150 million? She said, Look, I'm carrying them babies, that yeah. my emotional stress, all that. Right. Okay. Now, that's not to say that um, you're, you know, you were not of value in the process and you yeah. didn't contribute, and maybe, you know, you should um, reap the rewards of something you built jointly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's usually in a marriage. Yeah. Like, so many people be trying to collect on relationships mm-hmm. and you know it ain't no um there are no spousal rights in a in a boyfriend or girlfriend relationship or a situationship it's just it's not so mind. you know if you spend you know if you're spending money on someone's L satin you know and and paying you know driving them to the bar exam in the snow <laughs> and uh they just yes. your boyfriend or girlfriend you got to um, be content with the fact that you know if he decide to leave you right after he passes, you might have wasted some gas that day. Yeah, or or whatever you're doing, it's not it's it's out of the goodness of your heart. Right. It is not because you feel like this like I'm gonna gain something from this too at yeah. that point in your life because at that because. Because you may not. Yeah. Rally putting a down payment um, on an apartment or you know a house, excuse right. me, or you know paying for some. I have a friend who who's got in a guy a car. Yeah. And after they broke up, she had a long time had to go to court to get it back because he wouldn't give it back to her. Wow. And it, but it was still in her wow. it was still in her name and he wasn't making any payments. He was wow. just driving the car around. And so it's like. Like, oh, you you got me messed up if you think you're about to take this car. Yeah. But just like things like that, it's like you have to do it at the goodness of your heart because people are shady. Yeah. And and you may think they have a good heart too, but once you guys break up, people you see different sides of people. They are so shady, man. And you know, so I think you have to be very conscious about what you invest in you know, relationships or situationships beyond your time. Yeah. Because um, you may not uh, have a return on that investment. And, um, and you have to be okay, okay you, with You got to be okay with it. Because you will drive yourself crazy. And and prime example is um, the movie Acrimony, which Raji oh, P. Henson. Yeah. Um, it is a really yeah. good movie. <laughs> Maybe a little extreme. But yeah. this, this happens in real life, though. Um, yeah, so the movie is basically, uh, you know, Taraji, um, she's a student at some college mm-hmm. and uh, 
she meets a guy who, um, you know, he was really, really smart but poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Taraji's mother had died and I think left behind a, a pretty big inheritance. Yeah. Um, so she had money. And this guy, he was broke, but he had a really good idea. Something that, you know, um, he believed in. Something that, he, you know, he thought that um, would make millions of dollars one day. Uh, and t- so Taraji being, you know, uh, you know, the good woman that she was and, you know, the same way that so many women are today, she believed in his dreams. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the first thing was he told her, um, you know, well, I can't get to this interview because I don't have a car. She yeah. she goes and buys the boy a Mustang. Exactly. Right? And then boyfriend right, and girlfriend. Boyfriend, boyfriend and, and girlfriend, girlfriend. She buys him yeah. a Mustang. Right. And then uh, a couple of days after, I mean, he's not even answering her calls and she pull up at his crib and uh you know, he's with another girl. Mm-hmm. They work it out. But now, um, you know, he comes to her crying because he can't pay his tuition bill. So now he really can't get his project off the ground because he can't stay in school. So what she do? Pays he that. Pays that, right? And then he moves into, you know, after they get married, he moves into the house that her mother owned. And just over time, he basically ran through her entire um, inheritance that she got from her mother. And, you know, the marriage grew stale after about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Fast forward... After like 20... Uh, were they married or were they both No, no, no. They, they got married. Oh, they were married. Right. Okay, you're right. But after, you know, a couple of decades, um, the boy's idea pops off. You know, like he, you know, he had a, created a battery that recharged itself. Yeah. And um, he shows up at her office after they had already been divorced and gave her a $40 million check. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for believing in me. Here's your check. But now she's looking at him like, you know, like... I love you again. I think. <laughs> oh no, it, it was ten million. But yeah, she's looking at him like you know. I love you know. I love you again. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Standing a certain type of way. Yeah, it could because at the same time, he's now dating a, a you know another Driving a nice woman. Car looking fabulous, stunning. Yeah, he he with somebody else. He got a pregnant. You know, and now she's you know like now the money ain't enough. She, Taraji's feeling like I made you. I believed in you. When you nobody else did. Exactly. I gave you the money you needed. I helped you stay in school. I helped you like I helped you get here. Without me, there would be no, no, th- no yeah. this. So, you know, she um you know, went crazy trying to collect what she perceived to be a debt mm-hmm. and she ended up dead at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the movie she ended up dead. <laughs> yeah, so um it but is But it literally a, drove her insane. She went crazy yeah. because she just felt like you owed me and I thought a lot of people will start to feel like um, drive themselves crazy, you know, constantly trying to, you know, just prove something or, or, or feel like you owe me when there's so many other people out there who you may get that same blessing with, if not more, if you just move on. Right. But but now you end up dead <laughs> because you're so busy trying to go back and, 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 and to this old situation. And I think the key word here that we, you know, haven't verbalized in regards to how to really unblock your blessings, it's forgiveness. Um, when, yeah. yeah, when things don't yeah. go right in a relationship, and you know the person you date is now flourishing, and it's making you feel some type of way, um, forgive that person. You know, don't um, don't linger, don't you know, continue trying to get back with someone, or even stay in a relationship. Because you've invested so much that, you know, you just, you feel like it just has to turn into something. Yeah. When you realize that, um, you know, you're in something that doesn't have long-term potential, that um, you, 
just don't want to be in, don't stay around because you've invested in it. You know, sometimes it's best to just cut your losses and forgive. Let go. Yeah. Move on. Pray about it. Go to counseling. Go to therapy. You know, do it all. But, you know, holding on to, you know, that hurt or that pain or that anger, um, it would be impossible for you to really move on and just, you know, get to the other side because you're just so angry. Yeah. You got to take the time to heal um, because God always has better for you than you can imagine, right? And so many times we will not step into his greatness or his glory for our lives because we're trying to hold on with their life to something that we have, mm-hmm. you know, something that we think is just so valuable. We're afraid to give it up. Um, and, and, and God only wants the best for us. You know, yeah. he promised that that was his promise. That was you know, his promise. He, and so for us to hold on to what we feel, you know, um, or hold on to things because we feel like this is the best I'm going to get, then, then, then you're, then you'll get that. But God doesn't want you to be in a, in a terrible situation with somebody who, you know, you're not getting along with, or you're just not meant to be with, like he wants the best for us. And so, um, yeah, we get in the way of ourselves. Yeah. And so many times people are seasonal. Um, he'll place people in our lives that, we're only meant to be there for a season. Either they were there to teach you something or you were there to teach them something or you were there to contribute something to each other. Maturity is knowing when that task or when that relationship has run its course. Um, and it's it, not easy. It's, it's, it's not yeah. easy. It's not easy. And, it, you know, and that's why, you know, I think that's why I was like, you know, I always when I talk about it, I always say maturity because like maturity is something that comes over time. It comes through mm-hmm. life experiences. It comes from making mistakes, and then you know one day deciding, hey, I'm not, not I'm not going to make that mistake anymore. Um, and you know, and just relating back to the movie, right? <laughs> um, I think that um, in that particular situation, you know, even if it's just, it, it's just a movie, right? But if it wasn't. I would say that I could see God's hand moving in regards to, you know, this young man having something revolutionary to change the world. And Taraji unlocked that opportunity for him. And she got her reward on the back end, mm-hmm. you know, 10, yeah. you know, 10 million, 10 million dollars, 10 million dollars worth, because that was way more than. Um, her mother's inheritance anyway now did her feelings get hurt in the process both of them get hurt in the process yes um but i think that um you know in real life she probably could have ended up finding you know true love the same way he did Mm -hmm. had she went about it differently and um so to apply it to you know i think our demographic people who are in, in relationships or uh, sing, or even engagements or even marriages, whatever. you know, whatever, yeah. no, no matter what your situation is. Um, you know, I think the key is uh, taking a real, you know, assessment um, of, of what the situation is, healing, forgiving, and, um, you know, just making a conscious decision that, you know, I want God to unblock my blessings yes. because what I really want is X, Y, and Z, and I don't have that. And I know that all the desires of my heart come from God. They do. And he didn't give them to you for no reason. So, um, you know, you just got to step out and walk in purpose. I agree. I agree. Faith. Faith. Having faith. So, um, yeah, man, this is a 
This is this sums up our episode on. Uh, um, It'd be a little intense <laughs> <laughs> talking about dying. Uh, yeah, I mean we but, had we had a, a lot of movie references. I know so I we mean, watch a lot of movies. We do, but I mean it, it, they're spot on. Yeah, spot on. So if you haven't seen them, I recommend watching them. Shout out to Tyler Perry, man! Uh, right. Great, great, great movie. Uh, he's one of my favorite um, creators. Yeah, um, but. As always, we appreciate you. Um, if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating. Um, send us your questions. Yes, um, love the questions. And be sure to tell a friend. Um, we hope that uh, you're making every day a good day to cuff. And make sure you are following us, if you're not, at it's cuffing season underscore underscore on Instagram. Hey. Hey.